I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to him. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Football. Yeah, buddy. Yes, football. It's football season. You can even watch it on television tonight if you want to. Welcome into the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. People you get to deal with one-on-one, face-to-face. That's Farm Bureau. It's the way it ought to be, really, in any business. It's not the way it is in every business. But when you deal with Farm Bureau, that's the way it is. All right, so normally this is when I tell you that we were are in uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, but that is, would not be the case if I said it. You, sir, are a liar. That's right. I'd be a liar. My pants would be Why on fire. Why a liar? Your pants are on fire! And instead, joining us today, he never even moved. Been sitting in that chair for now, going on three hours. Beaver. Hey, Beaver. Hey, Matt. What up, mate? How are you today? I'm peachy as far as I know. I'm Good. As far as I know, I'm doing well. Got my headphones on. Ready to talk a little football today. Um, let me give you a heads up. So, Brett Hudson's coming up in about ten minutes. Brett has uh, he went to some practice last night at Mississippi State. I did, too. And then he hung around, talked to Joe Moorhead after practice last night. So got that coming up. Also, Parrish Alford's coming on the show later. Parrish covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. And I think they had a lot of interviews and stuff going on yesterday. I don't know if it was their quote-unquote media day. In fact, I don't think uh, it is. But anyway, he talked to players and stuff. I'm going to talk to Parrish and kind of catch up with what's going on at Ole Miss practice. People interested in that. Also, that's coming up. There's a lawsuit in Saints land, and I will tell you, I'm sure you know if you're a diehard Saints fan, but if you're not, you may, be not, you may not be aware of it. Um, so, you know, that's coming up as well. But I have to do something here. I got something here that's very important. Very important business to take care of right now. Beaver, since you're here, I'm going to preemptively do this because... Pretty much every day, we have a texter on this show named 100 Grand. <laughs> yeah. He texts in and he requests it. So I'm just going to go ahead and preemptively go ahead and give him a little JSU Sonic Boom. Yeah. Come on, the boom. Sonic Boom from Jackson State University. Get out of the way. It doesn't get much better, does it, Beaver? 
I tell you what, Matt. Okay. Um. You know how I've had. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I may have made disparaging remarks recently. Yeah. But now that you play that, now that it's blasting in my headphones, it kind of gets you going. Hey, listen. It is an immediate energy boost. Like, if it's time to clean the house, put this on and play it loud. Come on! Now, you may want to pull the curtain so that the neighbors can't see you. Because <laughs> you're going to dance. <laughs> Woo! The sonic boom for you. Come on, dadgum, I got chill bumps. Oh, my heart's beating fast. Oh, yeah. Now we're now we got some energy. And let's try to see if we can keep that up. On the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. They are your Kubota dealer. Y'all seen them? Those big orange tractors? The big orange mowers? You know what I'm talking about. That's Kubota. The zero turns, the ATVs, that's Kubota. And if you want one, you go to Divinity. That's where you go because they have the best deals, the best service, the best prices, everything, the best selection. It's all at Divinity in Madison and in Jackson. All right, the Divinity phone is 995-1059. It's a 601 number. Hit me up there. Mountain Dog, what do you know? What's happening? What's that? What's happening, brother? Uh you know, I would say most people consider me a humble guy, yeah. and I'm not used to name dropping. But I actually went to church with Jerry Flower and uh, and my brother-in-law, who worked at Mississippi Chemical Corporation, was friends with Jerry Flower. Really? And I've got a suggest. Yeah, man, it's oh, we we knew him before everybody else knew him. You know, he got his start. He was a salesman for. Mississippi Chemical, and he would tell jokes, like little stories to his clients, and somebody said, man, you need to put together a record. Yeah. Back then, it was records, you know. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he, we got a, we got a preview of his first comedy album before anybody else did. He had a little party at his house, and we got to go. But, uh, really? Yeah, so you got to, you got to attend that yourself. Yep, Marcel Ledbetter. That is great. That, that is incredible. The one we all love. Yeah. But anyway, I got a suggestion. Okay. I, I know you're pressed for time in your show, but it would be really cool if at least once a week you would do like play one story of his mm-hmm. on your radio show. Maybe okay. I, I don't right. know. Well, I don't know what the rights and all that stuff are, but. Nah, we can do it. It's all on YouTube. Look, um, last week, one day, I just don't remember what day it is. I think if I look back. No, I was pro- listening. Were you listening then? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. And oh, yeah, I heard that. I think that was on request, and Roger found all that stuff and, and played some of it. And you're right. I think out of fairness, we, we probably we might actually just contact um, you know, his family. who you know They are running a, a Jerry Clower Museum there in... Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. What's the name of the town? Um, Liberty. Uh, in Liberty, it's down yeah near Macomb. Right near Macomb, and they have a museum, and his family's running that. And I think, you know, out, out of courtesy, we probably should contact them and say, hey, you know, we want to make sure we go through the right channels to use some of the content. But I think I agree with you. We ought to do that once a week. It's a great idea. It really is. Well, I know you're a big Jerry fan, and so am I. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just think it would be great to to keep that name alive to people that maybe have not heard that much about Jerry Clower. Well, and Mountain Dog, Neil Price last year, about this time, so it was about a year ago, he went down to the Jerry Clower Museum down there. And he had talked to some people at State, and, and it was a thing. It's not a thing where, like, the doors are just open, you walk in, buy a ticket or anything like that. It's like you call them ahead of time and... They'll show you around. But it was Jerry's daughter who actually kind of gave him a tour and showed him all the stuff. And it, she expressed to him, I think, that that's one thing that is kind of worrisome for them is they're worried that future generations are just going to kind of forget. And so right. um, Neil and I are trying to do our part. We don't want people to forget about him. So that's a good idea. No. And real, real quickly, my favorite Jerry Clower Mississippi State story is when they played Texas Tech. Have you ever heard that one? I don't know if I have. So he says that uh, Texas Tech's beat them pretty good. And, you know, they got the Zorro guy on the horse and the cannon going off and all that. Yeah. And they score a touchdown, but they're called, it's called back for holding. And the refs are huddling up saying, what do we do? You know, they've already done the horse and shot the cannon. He said, well, I'd suggest you go over to the coach and tell them to remount and reload. <laughs> remount? <laughs> And reload. That's great. Good stuff. Thanks, Mountain Dog. <laughs> All right. See you, man. All right. See you, man. Uh, call me anytime. Yeah, so I got to watch a little practice last night at Mississippi State. Sure did. That was fun. It was hot. You know, though, uh, I guess after about 7 o'clock, it's not too bad, right? I mean, you don't. You don't do a whole lot of sweating unless you're really up and active. If you're just standing there, you don't sweat a whole lot <laughs> at, at 7 p.m. I didn't anyway. I'll tell you this, though. Walking in up there at about 5 p.m., it does not take long to get drenched. Yeah, so it was hot, but got to watch the quarterbacks throw it around a little bit. And, you know, I was impressed with Tommy Stevens. I think, you know, he just has the – he looks like he's got a leg up on the competition. Uh, right now. But, you know, Keaton's Keaton. He may not be the, he may not have the leg up on the competition, but we know he can play. We've seen it with our own eyes. And and I do think they have a competition going. It's just one of those deals where, sure, Tommy Stevens has a leg up on the competition. You can tell by watching practice. But over the long haul of fall camp, if it turns out, if we go over the next two weeks and Keaton outplays him, they're going to play Keaton. You know, it's, I think you do have that element. Nobody's been just granted or handed anything, but I do think Tommy's ahead. Let's see if somebody else shares that opinion. Brett Hudson, part of the media team around here. You can find his work at mattwyattmedia.com and follow him on Twitter, Brett underscore Hudson on the Mississippi State Beat on your radio right now. Brett, welcome into the show, buddy. I saw you last night out there and I know it was a, they were in full pads, so media was allowed on the field for a very, very brief time. But you agree with that assessment? 
it is an open competition. It's just that Tommy has a leg up. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And and my uh, my my two cents to the the crowd that are that are extra cynical in that in the whole grad transfer QB deal, and that you don't bring a guy in if you don't plan on starting him. Well, first of all, I did the research on this uh, back in the spring when when Tommy committed to Mississippi State. I tweeted it out this morning as you were replying to people, so you can find it on my Twitter feed at Brett underscore Hudson. But I, I did research going back to the beginning of this grad transfer year uh, rule for what exactly Tommy Stevens is, which is a one-year Power 5 grad transfer QB. Most of them, uh, at least half of them, fall flat on their face in spectacular fashion. Malik Zaire and Everett Golson are the two most prominent examples of that. There are a bunch of names on that list that you'll remember when you read them. And you're like, oh, man, I forgot about that guy. That mm. really didn't work out. So there's there's that uh, history that, that leads one to believe that uh, it's not necessarily wise to just go with the grad transfer by default. And two, do people really believe that a coaching staff won't do what is best for them to win football games just because of the transfer status of one of their players? Yeah, exactly. Like, do, people, yeah. do people actually believe that? Well, I mean, I, if, if Keaton if Keaton is genuinely a step ahead of Tommy Stevens all fall camp long, like do people honestly believe that they'll just play Tommy because they had him transfer in? Like, do do, do people really believe that? <laughs> I, I'm afraid that there are some that do believe that, Brett, and that's you know, and that's the thing. It's like I I, I keep wanting to you know bring up the nuance so that maybe people can remember, but it's like. Okay, you bring somebody in because you think they can win the job. You recruit players because you think they can win the job. But you still have to go and win the job. Okay, and just by arguing it now, people there will be some people, Brett, who will go, well, Matt and Brett were talking about how Keaton's going to win it. No, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> what we're saying but is... the exact opposite, like 90 seconds ago. Yeah, I know, and and... You're saying what I'm saying, and that is whoever starts the first game will have been the best player in practice. That's all we're saying, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's my only expectation for, for them, and that's mirroring all the things they, they say publicly. I mean, Joe Moorhead, uh, there was a, an interesting moment last night where Joe Moorhead got a direct question about Javante Payton, the grad transfer, not grad transfer, the JUCO transfer wide receiver. Um, and he didn't really say anything about Javante Payton specifically. Clearly, the the state of the passing game was on his mind because he, he kind of went on to express some some confidence about the future of, of the passing game here. So there's there's clearly just so much emphasis, not only in, in Joe Moorhead and this offensive staff's mind, Right to get the passing game where it needs to be by any means necessary, be that with Tommy Stevens or Keaton Thompson making the throws, uh, but also in the context of what the 2019 team will need, which is more offense to support a defense that loses a lot and is going to have to figure some things out at defensive tackle and, and make sure the, the safety position changes go the way they need them to go. This offense just simply has to be better to, to make up for that, much less to be better than what they were last year, which they, they need to be in the SEC 
in general. So my 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 two cents on that is I, I agree with you. I think I think Tommy Stevens is slightly ahead just based on the the throws we see in practice. I'm not gonna read into that too much for for reasons I'll write about later in the week. Um, but it is a competition, and, and people who suggest that it's not an actual competition, um, ignorance is probably the right word for it. Yeah, that's right. Big time programs just don't run that way. You know, they, they, they don't. don't. You know, they open it up, and you get as many good players as you can. You may even have a pretty good sneaky suspicion who's going to win a job. They still just have to go win it, and because you can't lie to your team, you know, they have to prove it to their own teammates. Brett Hudson on your they radio. They figure that out pretty quickly. They sure do. <laughs> That's exactly right. And then it really blows up. Um, and and we've and then got, you see Notre Dame go four and eight. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm fast forwarding, and then we see Urban Meyer take the Notre Dame job. But we'll leave that for um, we'll leave Gross. that. Yeah, yeah, we'll leave that for another day. What's it like? I don't know. I've asked others this question, Brett. I don't know that I've asked you. What's covering a fall camp? Under Joe Moorhead, how is it different than covering a fall camp under Dan Mullen? Um, that's that's interesting, just because Joe and many members of his staff are far more media friendly than um, than than Dan was, and some of the people on, on his staff. So you're you're more likely to have an insightful conversation just on on any given day in the Steel Building these days compared to. The, the Mullen era, which is is nice in preseason camp, because uh, I don't mean to to tamper down excitement for the college football season. I'm a, I'm as excited as anybody, but for for those of us that have to be in the building uh, every day, preseason camp is 29 days of literally the same thing over and over and over again, with that light at the tunnel seeming very, very far away. <laughs> uh, so so it, it's nice to have a, an insightful conversation or, or some form of, of entertainment to kind of just get media people through the uh, through the dog days of, of preseason camp, much less the uh, the players and coaches themselves. I imagine it's, uh, it's easier for them, too. But, yeah, I, I think the, the difference is you just generally get a – different level of, of insight from from Joe Moorhead and some of the, the members of of his staff that are that are willing to kind of uh, I guess more of them are willing to entertain kind of grander thought provoking conversations than, than many of, of Mullen's staffers where I guess that's the way I put it. And I don't uh, mean to to put down Dan Mullen and his staffers. Like they, they all treated me perfectly fine. It was I didn't have any animosity for, for any of those guys. But there, it's just a different. It's a different kind of dude that that works mm. for Joe Moorhead than it is a dude that works for Dan Mullen. How about that? Hey, Brett, I got like one minute left. Uh, who's okay. who's going to be the punter? Ooh, that's a really good one. Um, I, I haven't seen much of Reed Bowman yet. The Texas Tech transfer. Um, I mean, the, the candidates are Tucker Day, Cody Schechtnader, the two from last year, and then. Uh, Reed Bowman from from Texas Tech. I don't know, but I can tell you this: going back to, to last year, whoever punts best in practices in the scrimmages, that's who wins this punting <laughs> job. That's how Joe Jones does it. He uh, he he charts every single punt practice scrimmage, whatever they they take measurements, they chart everything, and and the the combination of that data is what decides who goes out there and punts during 
during games. It is truly that simple when you're trying to win a punting job for for Joey Jones. So if I if I had Joey Jones' charts, I could answer that question pretty quickly. Yeah, the reason um, I laughed is because I thought you were, you know, uh, backdoor throwing some shade over on that quarterback competition again. Hey, whoever does it in practice is going to play. You know, that's a strange <laughs> strange concept. So it's weird how that works out, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's weird how that works. All right, Brett. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. No problem. All right. Yep. That's Brett Hudson. Y'all follow him on Twitter, Brett underscore Hudson, covering Mississippi State around the clock. Lives and works in Starkville for us, and um, he's at every football practice, every press conference, and uh, does a great job. He's got some written stuff coming your way over at mattwyattmedia.com here in the next uh, few days. And, uh, again, on Twitter, he'll have video, like, from practice. Um, from time to time. Pretty much every day he goes out there, he grabs a few pieces of video. You want to kind of see what it looks like and sounds like. And, and he's uh, in there asking questions of players and coaches afterwards. So, in other words, if you're a state fan and you don't follow him, you should. Brett underscore Hudson. Beavers in for Roger. I'm here. We're all in the Farm Bureau studio. One big happy family. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. is um, one of the cooler stories that I've come across in the last couple of days. I wonder if y'all have seen this. I'm going to tell you about it right now. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team sitting here with Beaver. Beaver, you there? I hey. got you now. <laughs> Sorry about that. My signal dropped. We had storms up here. It, knocked, it didn't knock the power out, but... If, I've had connection get knocked out a couple of times, so hopefully we hang in there now. Hmm. We'll do. Our, we'll cross our fingers, do our best. Is that all right with you? All about. <laughs> all right. No. 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 I. I think. I think. Wait. I think our goal, the optimal goal, is to stay on. Right? <laughs> we'll stay on. Maybe. Um, Let's try it. You know what we ought to do? You ought to pull up like. Um, a YouTube video of the JSU Sonic Boom. And any time or every time that my signal drops out, just play them until I get connected again. Oh, that's a good idea. It's not a bad idea, is it? Okay, okay before you look you've that got, up... You've got something here. All right, before you look that up, I have to ask you a question, though. Did you and Chris on, on you guys' show this morning have this news of the Field of Dreams Hosting a Major League Baseball game, the field from the movie. Yeah. So y'all talked about yeah. it. Okay. I just yeah the Yankees and the Sox. The Yankees and the Sox. I was just curious if you guys saw it. You know, <clears throat> there's two things about this. One, 
is it's something we all thought about whenever you watch the movie when you were younger. You watch this and you go, I, I wonder what it'd be like if there really were Major League Baseball players running around playing each other like this All-Star game on a field built in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa. What if Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig really were on that field? <laughs> you know, you thought about that when you watched the movie. Well, it's not Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth, but it is going to be the White Sox and the Yankees, Aaron Judge and those guys. This is incredible. If you're just tuning in, you've been working all day, you hopped in your car to go, I don't know, whatever, and, you're, and you haven't heard it, listen to this. The New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox will play a 2020 regular season game next year at the Field of Dreams site in Dyersville, Iowa. The league has made this statement. They put it out there today. All right. Again, the 1989 movie Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner. Y'all know the movie. If you build it, he will come. Remember that? If you build it, he will come. <laughs> Creepy is that? <laughs> that movie, that place, they turned it into this tourist thing. I need to talk to Bart Gregory. Uh, y'all know who Bart is. He's on the broadcast for State. SEC Plus does pregame, postgame football. And I think he went to Iowa this year and visited that site. Up there, the Field of Dreams site in Iowa. I think he did. Anyway, it's just incredible that they're going to do this. He saw it. I'd love to know. But I think they're building a field right next to it. Let's see. The game will air on Fox. It's going to be on August the 13th, 2020. Major League Baseball today said it's going to begin construction on an 8,000-seat stadium later this month. Features will include a right field wall with windows to show the cornfields beyond. I've seen the graphic on Twitter. and if you can, It's not the actual field in the movie. But like in the movie, if you've watched it, where Shoeless Joe Jackson runs off the baseball field into the cornfield and disappears, you know, and James Earl Jones playing the part of Terrence Mann, you know, disappears out into the cornfield, and they're like, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. That cornfield, just beyond the first few rows of that cornfield, they are building this stadium that's going to seat 8,000 people, and they're going to play games in it. And so the right field wall will actually have windows where you'll be able to see through them and see the cornfield that leads down to the place where the movie was filmed. And the house up on the hill and all that. Just incredible. I love this story. I love that it's happening. The other thing that happens anytime you bring something like this up is it automatically kicks off this conversation about the greatest baseball movies and then ultimately the greatest sports movies of all time. It's just a never-ending thing. Because everybody's got an opinion and nobody agrees completely. But you're passionate about it, so you argue. I do it. I'll argue with you all day. Here's a text on the text line that says they need to use the old gloves in the game. Yeah, the ones that like are, are non-conforming to your hand. They're just kind of a five-fingered mitt. <laughs> and you exchange them, right? Like in the old days, they did. In the old days, you'd leave your glove out there and the other team's Guy would come out and use it also, and then he'd leave it for you. You exchange the glove throughout the game. We're going to get through this, I promise. We are going to get through this, I promise. Just hang in there.
Anyway, I just think it's cool. On the movies thing, though, let me say, The Field of Dreams is not the number one baseball movie of all time. It's not. It's close, but it's not the number one. The number one baseball movie of all time is also the best sports movie of all time. Period, hands down. And that's The Natural. Roy Hobbs and The Natural, played by Robert Redford. Yep, Glenn Close is in the movie, Kim Basinger, that whole crew. The Natural, the number one sports movie of all time. So it's obviously a baseball movie. But if you want to list out the baseball movies, I think for me, I think Field of Dreams is right up there at number two. I like the dramas. I like comedy too. But I like the the dramas that have some comedy in it. Field of Dreams and The Natural have everything. They'll pull on your heartstrings. They'll give you chill bumps. They'll make you laugh. All three. See, a major league just doesn't do that. Major league is just funny. Somebody on the text line says Bad News Bears. It's a great movie. But it doesn't have all three. It's not really going to pull on your heartstrings, <laughs> but it will make you laugh. What's the guy's name? Uh, Walter Matthau that played the coach in Bad News Bears, and what was his character's name? Is it Butterworth or, or Butter what? Buttermaker. That's it. <laughs> coach Buttermaker. That sounds like a character that Will Ferrell would come up with. Coach Buttermaker. So Bad News Bears, nah. I mean, it's a great movie. CWR on the text line says, that a boy Matt Wyatt on the call regarding The Natural. Not a baseball guy, but I love that movie. See, that's what's so great about it. Not only do diehard baseball people love that movie, non-diehard baseball people love that movie. It's, it's the best. If you haven't seen The Natural, go watch it. I wore a VHS copy of The Natural out as a kid. To this day, watch the whole thing, quote the movie from start to finish. Kind of like the Sandlot. Wore a copy of that thing out, had to get a new VHS copy. Yes, that's how old I am. VHS. (laughs) That's me. You hear that noise? They're coming in right and left on this. Let's see. More Bully on the text line says, I'm a big baseball guy, but for best sports film, it's Hoosiers. Yeah, I love Hoosiers. It's a great movie. It's not equal in all categories. Pull on your heart, give you goosebumps, and make you laugh. It's not equal to the natural. Here's something, a text that says, Bingo, long-traveling all-stars. I don't even know what that is. I, I don't get it. I'm missing the point. Hogjowl on the text line says, Sandlot is right up there. It is for me. Look, I have an eight-year-old daughter. She loves the Sandlot. Loves it. And a text from Bill in Madison says, Matt Bull Durham has to be up there also, Bill. Yeah, and the thing about it is, think about this, too. Here's a difference between, say, a Bull Durham and the natural. The natural can appeal to a five-year-old or a 55-year-old. Bull Durham certainly appeals to the 55-year-old. 
to the 25-year-old. I'm just not sure it appeals to the five-year-old. Can we agree on that? So see, I'm throwing more feathers in the cap of the natural. It appeals to any de- demographic. Any age group, any demographic, and hits everything. So, Beaver, help me out here. This is probably one for you. We just got a text that says, is this the Brooks show? (laughs) So what is that in regards to? Because we're talking about movies? Yeah. Yeah, but it's sports movies. It's sports movies, whoever you are. You big dummy. (laughs) It's not just any movies. Talking about sports movies. JR says Field of Dreams number one, natural number two, rookie number three. I like them. I like your choices, just not in the right order, JR. Okay, Fluffy saying um, Bingo's Traveling All Stars was an awesome late 70s movie about the segregated baseball leagues. Okay, I'm going to have to go watch that. I have never seen that. <laughs> All right, I guess. Get back on the hard sports talk next with Parrish Alford. Covers Ole Miss. That's coming up. In the Farm Bureau studio. Good gracious alive. Is this real? On Twitter? What do the kids say when they like something? They say, shoot this in my veins. <laughs> That's how old I sound. What do the kids say? Hey, Parrish Alford's coming up. Covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Is this real? This is a tweet from East Bay Times. Let's see here. Looks legit. They have a blue check mark. They are on the coast of California, and a winner of the 2017 Pulitzer Prize for Breaking News Reporting. This is legit. They have just tweeted a quote from Will Clark, Will the Thrill. Yeah, (laughs) that one. You know, statue at uh, Duty Noble Field? Thunder and Lightning, Mississippi State Baseball, Ron Polk of the 80s. That Will Clark, all-star for the Giants all those years. Will Clark asked about the Giants' managerial job, quote, it's not off the radar. Shoot that in my vein. Will Clark, back in the majors as the manager of the Giants? Come on. Give it to us. (laughs) Give the people what they want. I'm in shock. I got to somehow flip this switch back over to football, I guess. Let's try it. Let's try it right now with Parrish Alford on the Divinity phone. Parrish is Parrish Alford on Twitter, and he covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Parrish, I don't know if you heard that, but I'm, I'm reading a quote here where Will Clark says that possibly being the manager of the New York of the San Francisco Giants is, quote, not off the radar. Do you like that? Well, I, I do, Matt, but I, and I don't mean to be rude, but you may need to check your your facts there, I, because I read one time that Will Clark was a former Ole Miss great. 
<laughs> that's the best thing that's been said on this show in a long time, Parrish. I commend you, sir. Oh, Matt. <laughs> we all make we all make mistakes. So. I, tip of the cap. You can. I, that's awesome. Um, yes. <laughs> Let's just for the record. Will Clark did play at State, not an Ole Miss, and there he is. Maybe right. the manager now, will be. I, I, I believe that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but speak, here's our segue. Speaking of Ole Miss, um, you got to talk to some players and stuff yesterday. Is that right? Football? Right, right. Uh, we have a little bit of access uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday there. So we did hear from, from some guys yesterday. Okay, so what's the um, what's the latest – in that you know, fall camp there, and just an, I guess, kind of overall idea of how it's going for those two new coordinators on each side of the ball. I, I'm sure it's positive. All schools are positive. But, you know, tell us how it's going right now at this point, you think, for Ole Miss and fall camp. Well, you know, it's really hard to say how it's going, Matt, because when I hear that question, I want to answer it after seeing 11 on 11 football with mm-hmm. live tackling. Yeah. And and we're just you know, we're not going to see that. Nobody's going to see that who's covering anybody's camp. So you know it's really hard to get a feel for. Hey, how is the defense doing? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Because what does the defense? What does the defense do? You know, you tackle, you stop people. You, you really can only get a feel for that when it's live. Now, I think that uh, you know things are going well on. You know, at Ole Miss, offense and defense with the new coordinators, I think Ole Miss will be better defensively. I think they will line up correctly more often. Mm. I think that will help them be a better tackling team. Uh, you know, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, that should make uh, Ole Miss fans jump for joy. The, the idea that they would, uh, you know, have fewer assignment busts and tackle better. Because if they do those two things, you know, that will – you know, begin the road to recovery. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Matt, and a lot of people, I don't want to get too far off track with the question, but uh, a lot of people talk about defense at Ole Miss right now, and they talk about the last two years under Wesley McGriff. It was not good, okay? Yeah. But it, it didn't start there. You know, Dave Womack's last defense uh, at Ole Miss was uh, was pretty bad as well in 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's been a while since Ole Miss has played good defense and uh i just think uh i think they have a chance to do that this year you know they return eight starters that's not always a good thing but they have some guys with experience along the defensive line and uh you know i think they have some interesting junior college parts there that could help them out with sam williams an outside linebacker uh lakia henry at inside linebacker and jonathan haynes at the secondary you know, it's it's a good mix on that side of guys with experience and guys with uh, with I think some ability, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and we'll just see. So it's you know, so how are they doing? Not going to know right. uh, probably till the first game on that side of the ball. Offensively, I think it's interesting to uh, watch how some of the snaps, somehow some of the reps have been divided with uh, the running backs in camp. You know, I think that's a deep position for Ole Miss, but still, you know, largely unproven. Uh, Scotty Phillips is the starter. And, um, you know, behind him, the guys running, getting the first team reps this week 
have been um, Gerard Connor, the freshman, Snoop from Hattiesburg, mm-hmm. was quarterback, and um, Devon Penniman, mm-hmm. who I think is a, is a very interesting story. You know, the knee injuries, man, have really have been a storyline for Ole Miss on both sides of the ball. And people think of defense because they uh, had so many last year and they were season-ending injuries and they happened after, you know, players had been productive. Uh, but, look, uh, people forget about Devon Penniman, who missed all of last year. Uh, forget They forget about Demarcus Gregory, a wide receiver, who missed all of last year. Uh, these are guys with some ability. And, uh, look, you know, players don't always come all the way back from knee injuries. Eric Swinney is an example of that. Right. So, uh, so to see these guys uh, getting key reps uh, at running back for Penniman and receiver for Demarcus Gregory, and to hear Rich Rodriguez talk about them, uh, there's a plan for those guys if they continue on uh, the trajectory that they are on. Parrish Alford on your radio, y'all follow him on Twitter at Parrish Alford. Is there a big scrimmage coming up maybe this weekend for them? Uh, yeah, you know, they're not going to talk to us too much about it. Uh, you know, they'll come back and hopefully tell us a little bit uh, on Monday. But look, this camp is, uh, like others, is just pretty close to the best. Mm. You know, I would not expect uh, to, to hear any statistics quoted from the scrimmage. Okay. Um, you know, that's just uh, where they are. And if uh, if that helps them gain an advantage against Memphis, well, they, they need every advantage they can get on August 31st. So uh, we'll see. But, uh, you know, I, I do think, Matt, just uh, watching them from what we can see right now, there is going to be a lot more running of the football, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. And I think that much is going to be true. I think you're going to see some two-back sets. I think you're going to see some misdirection. I think the offensive line right now is uh, trying to find its way, uh, especially without Alex Gibbons. And, you know, it's unclear if he will be available for the Memphis game. So that being said, you're going to have a lot of unproven players up there. And I think the misdirection and the motion and the things like that, the eye candy, are going to be important for Rich Rodriguez to try and lure some defensive guys out of position and uh, and help his linemen out a little bit. You know, that it's you know, if they can't just mash people, you know, they can get in somebody's way. Yeah. You know, they can slow people down. And uh, you know, I think he needs to do some things like that to help those linemen along a little bit uh, early in the season. Well, and we don't have to wait long. What I think 24, 23 days, something like that and and so uh, kickoff will be here soon and you know, it's just interesting. Got about a minute left, Parrish. Um, it's a very interesting game for me. You know, this Memphis team, and they're up and hosting Ole Miss, who's trying to, you know, get off the mat. Uh, they're close. The fan bases are close. Uh, it's a fun week one matchup, I think. Don't you? Yeah, I, I do. And uh, and here's another interesting uh, thought about that game. Uh, the, the two starting quarterbacks there, gosh, the – the, the Memphis kid's name is escaping me right now, uh, but he is their returning starter, the transfer from uh, from Arizona State or Arizona, probably one of those uh, out west. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, you know he he will start for Memphis and uh, Matt Corral for Ole Miss. And when that happens, 
uh, college football in the Mid-South will begin with uh, two guys from California who grew up about uh, 50 miles from one another outside of Los Angeles. Yeah, isn't that something? You know, so that, yeah, that, that, to me, that's, that's an interesting storyline. But, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of excitement for uh, that Memphis team right now. Uh, they're favored, yep. and, uh, and Ole Miss has a shot. I think they have a shot, so we'll see. We'll see. Parrish, great to hear your voice. Thank you, man. I appreciate some time, and we'll talk again soon. All right, man. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Parrish Alford. Follow him on Twitter, at Parrish Alford. 23 days. Rebels, Memphis Tigers put it on a tee.